Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Jonathan Bostic, Florida Gators legend. And we had you here a month or so ago, and we're going to hit quite a few topics here. But I wanted to start off with something that's that's hot in college football right now. It's taken over just all my Twitter feed is just kids hitting the transfer portal. So what are your thoughts on that? Because, of course, the trans- transferring was around when you played college football, but it wasn't this I feel like egregious is a good word where now we're over a thousand kids hitting the transfer portal. So just what are your thoughts on that? And kids, you know, going a year or two and then hitting a different spot. There's a kid, JT Daniels is on his like fourth time hitting the portal. So. Yeah. Um, I definitely pay attention to it, you know, especially uh, my brother being a senior in high school now, Um, you know, it's something that it's, it's very new. Um, you know, I think it has some good, uh, but it still has a lot of bad, you know. So a lot of people, they think like, hey, well, you know, we're picking up these, you know, 10 guys or whatever in the portal. We're picking up this guy from here, picking up that guy from from there. Um, the one thing, you know, just for me, you know, and I expressed that to my little brother and, you know, some of the kids that in his class that, you know, I'm pretty close with and, you know, some of the other high school kids from around the area. Um, you know, they may get down a little bit on that type of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you can't control it right now. You know, there are supposed to be some rules they are going to come in and implement that are going to help the high school kids in the future and, you know, be able to kind of level that playing field back out. Um, but, you know, I mean, I've even told, you know, several college coaches, you know, that just when they've asked my opinion on the, uh, you know, transfer portal is just, look, these kids are in the transfer portal for a reason. So you might be able to find out why you might not. And, and when it comes down to it, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with going and dipping, you know, in there, but it's like, um, it sucks because they get away from the development of the players. And that's what it's all about. Like when you're coming to college, it's about developing these players, you know, helping these kids turn from a young man to, uh, you know, a, a man, you know, and, and becoming, you know, a better, you know, person for society when they, when they leave this, uh, you know, program. You know, because you, you spend so much time, you know, with your coaches, with your strength coaches, with your nutrition staff and, you know, educational staff. There's so many things that you go about and the people that you're around each and every day. And it's like when you got kids that are, you know, jumping in and jumping out and you're going here and going there, you never really get any familiarity, you know, with the people that are there to, you know, really, truly understand you and, you know, what helps you the best. How can they, you know, bring the best out in you? And I think. Um, you know, when, when things are leveled back out, um, or even just even after this year kind of plays out and you start seeing, you've got another, you know, year of analytics on this, you know, portal stuff, you know, cause some of these kids are jumping in the portal and not doing any research on it and they're ending their careers. You know, they're saying it's only 40% of those guys that are actually getting picked up and going somewhere, you know, and, and, and staying, you know, so you got to think about the. 60%, you know, of those over a thousand kids are not going to get picked back up, but everybody's saying, Hey, you know, you're going to be fine or, or whatever, but it's just like, I'm not sure who some of these kids are getting, you know, advice from when it comes to the, these things. Um, but you got to know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing or you haven't put good film out there um, that people are going to, you know, truly want you over, you better stay where you're at. Cause the grass is not always green on the other side. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, where people are like, you know, I'm not getting playing time here, so I'm going to transfer. And it's like, well, guess what? That means 
you have to get in with that coaching staff. You have to learn that whole new playbook. You have to learn everything new and start over again. And it's like, you just spent two years not getting playing time. There's no guarantee that you're about to get it wherever you go. And then posting, you know, practice clips. And it's like, yeah, like that could help you kind of see who you are. But if I'm a coach, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm turning, you, I'm turning on the game film. The game film is what's going to speak. And I tell a lot of these kids that, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go here. And then all of a sudden they transfer. And it's like, well, realize you didn't play, you know, your first year there. You know, then you're talking about your jumping in the portal and all this stuff. Like, you know, you essentially haven't played football for two years. You know, you're expecting a college coach to, to remember you from high school. Oh, I recruited this kid, love this kid, comes from a good family, you know, and all this stuff. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily always work out like that. Because sometimes, hey, this coach might have moved and gone here, and now they're running a whole different, you know, scheme. And before where you fit, you know, this coach's scheme, and he liked you and loved you and, you know, wanted you to go there, and you didn't, understand he's looking for, you know, something else. And that's where it's, it's really, truly hurting a lot of these kids when it comes down to it. Now, like I said, I get it why it's in place, but for the kids and, you know, who they're getting advice from when it comes to these things, like that's the really the big problem about it. Cause you've got people that they're getting advice from and, you know, not saying, you know, people like that can't help, but you've got people that have never played the game before and never played the game at a high level like just before and giving you opinions and all of a sudden you're going and you're listening and it's like, now your career's over. It's done. You know, they're there. And that's what, you know, when it comes down to these kids and what I preach, there is no redos when it comes to this, when you're done, you're done. Yeah. That's it. It's a wild time right now, just in, in general in college football um, as a similarly insane thing awesome i think but insane nil is around right now which obviously wasn't around when you played college football or, or wasn't around when, <laughs> when you played college football but how do you feel about nil and obviously i know that there are some things where it's like oh like this player is going to get paid to go to this school and they're buying kids but there's also times where uh, Javon Dexter with Florida this year where it's like well he stayed in college and obviously he couldn't declare yet he was only two years but he stayed in college he had a kid and that NIL money helped him pay for his family and then I like to bring up this story of Matt Jones who obviously you were teammates with uh, and Matt Jones if I'm not mistaken declared a year early because he had a family that he had to provide for and couldn't make money in that way and he got drafted, I think it was early day three, could have made more money if he stayed in college and went for another year, but he had to go because he had a family to provide for and he couldn't make money. So those are like the bright sides of NIL, but just as as a whole, how do you kind of feel about name image likeness in college football? Um, I think it's just like the portal. You've got your good, you got your bad when it comes with it. Now, I do think it's good because it it can help kids that do have certain situations. You know, I still remember, you know, in college, there were several guys that were in college and playing and had to take care of not, you know, a family that, you know, like as a son or a daughter, but even just like, you know, mom, sister, brother, because, you know, they were homeless. And, you know, I, so it's like, I, I can see when it can help there. And I, and I do believe that, you know, they should be able to 
make money when it when it comes down to it. But, you know, do I think there's a perfect rule, you know, for it? I, I don't know. I'm not that's above my pay grade when it comes to that, um, because there, there's just so many. There's so many ifs and ands, you know, that that kind of come with it, where it's like, well, what if this guy's dealing with this or what if this guy's dealing with that? Um, but, you know, like. Because now it's kind of trickled into, well, certain teams can essentially buy players. And, you know, I keep telling these players as well, like, look, I get what you're thinking when it comes to that stuff. And, well, the school's going to offer me a half a million dollars to go there. And half a million dollars is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Um, But if you're as good as you are, it's about going to the right location that's going to be able to allow you to showcase those abilities so you can make more than just one payday because one payday is not going to last you for the rest of your life. I'm sorry. You're, you're still going to be, you know, still got to graduate. You still got to, you know, you know, make money and, and figure out what profession you're going to be going to. Cause like some of these kids are going and they're throwing their careers away over, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And not, like I said, not saying it's not a lot of money, but you know, by the time you pay taxes, <laughs> by the time you, buy a little something here or there, treat yourself like money's gone. Money's gone quick. And and you're in the wrong system or you're not playing. And what are you going to do? Because when a draft comes around, you know, they're taking the best guys available. And that that's when the real payday comes. So that's why, you know, I try to preach to these kids. Like, I hear you, what you're saying on the NIL stuff. Don't pay attention to that stuff. You know, if you're going and you're playing well, it'll come. But you got to find the best fit for you and your future. The best fit might not be, you know, here. It might be over there. Or it's not there and it's, you know, over here. So you've got to make that decision. I can't tell you what the decision is going to, you know, what the best decision is going to be. You know, that's that's a decision that you have to make because, you know, I've done my four years already. Now it's time for, you know, you to go and do yours. So, um, you know, like I said, I think it has the goods. I think it has the bad when it comes down to it. Um, but it just – if it's used the right way, it can it can definitely be very beneficial, you know, for the kids. But we're not teaching kids how to take care of money. We don't teach people how to take care of money. You know, when when you're in school, it's not something that is required. You just get in the real world and it's like, hey, it goes your taxes. <laughs> you, know, um, you made half a million dollars. You're getting taxed at, you know, this percent. So we need half. And it's like, whoa, nobody told me about that. I already spent more than half of the money. You know, or I already did this, and well, now what do I do? Oh, I didn't. I didn't play as much as I thought my freshman year, and then uh, I don't have any other NIL stuff coming in right now. I've already spent that half a million. Like, can you guys give me more time? And it's, it's, it can get, it can get crazy. So. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy for you to find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly recommend it. Just, just saying, with simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. And every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Comes up on you real quick. <laughs> real fast. Uh, just out of curiosity, have you ever done anything with the Gator Collective, like the Florida's NIL Collective? I know that they have a few former Gators that do stuff with them. Have you ever? Or no? Not yet. I, I, oh, Got- I like the not yet. I like the not yet there. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got something in the future. Um, I probably announce it probably, probably right around the Super Bowl when I announce it. Um, you know, I've got something that you know I definitely want to you know help out when it when it comes, especially to the collective side, um, and putting stuff together for these kids and you know nil deals. Um, you know, I've been working on a project for last like two and a half getting ready to go on three years um and without getting too much into detail yet uh it'll be the first of its kind that i'm that i'm doing with it so um it'll be it's gonna be big so that's that's really all i can say just yet but uh eventually you know i'll get involved with a lot of that stuff I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, now I'm now I'm excited. I was just curious <laughs> for it, but uh, switching to you know a, a more personal you football side mm-hmm. of things to start this year with the Commanders, you were more rotational role and just how weird is it? Maybe weird might be a poor word to use, but how, how difficult mm-hmm. is it to go from you know playing eight snaps one week to forty three the next, and just just being ready when that number is called. Basically, when when I was brought back, you know, we knew it was only a matter of time. And, you know, they, they told me that that was the reason, you know, they were bringing me back. Um, you know, I'm out of all the linebackers that were drafted, you know, in the 2013 draft, you know, it's only one left, you know, and, you know, you're, you're looking at them. So, um, you know, so it's a blessing to be here, especially as the game has changed throughout the years. And everything and being able to evolve with the game was one of my things that, you know, I've done throughout my career and, you know, adding different elements to my game and, uh, you know, changing the style of play uh, has, has been big. Um, but like I said, it, it was more so as soon as I came in, we're going to have you learn the scheme. We're going to get you ready. It's only a matter of time. And, you know, just, you know, when I was thrown in, you know, I've been ready. Um, and, you know, it's just it's like riding a bike for me. Um you know, getting back to calling plays, getting back to, uh, you know, playing fast, playing physical, uh, like I've always done. So, um, you know, it's been fun getting back out there. It has it been kind of, I'm assuming you're taking on at least a, a, a bit of a leadership role there with obviously Jamin Davis is a very young athletic freak linebacker. You've got Khalid Hudson is another very young linebacker. So how's it kind of been to, I, I guess, take on that be you are the veteran, like you said, out of all the linebackers, 2013 draft, it's just you remaining. So how does it feel to kind of be the leader there in that defense right now? Um, it, It's – the thing about it is, like, that's how I've been since I've walked in the building. Um, You know, as a – you know, leading the defense, you know, from, from day one. You know, when I – the staff that brought me in, um, I had a lot of familiarity with their scheme – because of the coaching tree that I grew up in. So when I came in, they were surprised that I knew the whole playbook from day one, you know, and they were just like, this is weird. It doesn't make sense. And even <laughs> caught Rob Ryan off guard. He was kind of like, how do you know this already? 
And so then I kind of told him, like, you know, I've played in this defense before. Um, you know, so um, being, you know, the leader that I've been, I mean, shoot, you know, we talked about Brandon Spikes earlier. And, you know, that's who I grew up under. You know, I grew up under Charlie Strong. I grew up under Dan Quinn and Will Muschamp and those guys. Like, so them expressing to me, like, this is what, you know, a Mike linebacker is supposed to do. This is what a Mike linebacker, this is how a Mike linebacker leads, you know, the defense and leads guys around him and makes players around him better. Uh, that's something I've taken throughout my whole career. So even when Cole came in, you know, essentially I was supposed to be the Will. Cole was supposed to be the Mike. Uh, but our defense was very complicated. And I knew just coming in, like I let Cole call half of one play. And then like I could I could see like uh, it's going to be a little while, you know. So then that's when I took it over. And I'm just like, listen, when you play next to me and, you know, Jamin knows this, you know, Kalik even said it the other day in practice. He's like, man, like I love being in like with you. He's like, I don't have to think. He's like, you make it, you make me very calm. Like when I'm out there, like I can literally go back to playing like I was in college and I can play free. Um, and I understand that, you know, like I always tell coaches, like put the thinking on me. You put the thinking on me, like I can get everybody else, you know, relaxed and situated and it allows the defense to play fast, allows the defense to play physical, allows guys to go be able to make plays just because I can take that workload on me because I understand how to simplify that stuff. And, you know, I've got a memory that, you know, can, can do some different things that, you know, I just never really say. So. And I mean, obviously, just just speaking to you, obviously, your football IQ is very high. You've been playing in the NFL for freaking almost a decade already, man. You, you played high level football for a long time, including obviously Florida. You got into the NFL in 2013. Like you said, when you were just getting into the league, that was kind of when we saw Cam Newton, RG3 with like introduce the option as a wrinkle in the offense Tim Tebow with the Broncos ran just a full option for a year. It was, it was insane. And now in recent years, we've seen the RPO take a much greater focus in NFL offenses. So how difficult is it as a linebacker that's been in the league for a long time to kind of consistently adapt to these new things that NFL offenses are introducing where, I mean, even Thursday night football last night. I don't know if you watched. I'm so sorry if you did watch that game. But the Raiders were just, they they ran like three reverses. Every time the Rams came out in a certain look, the Raiders ran three reverses. And it's just like consistently introducing these new wrinkles. And we see condensed sets with wide zone styles mashing together. How difficult is it to play defense in this NFL? Um, I'll tell you this. And this is this is me going all the way back. Like, I'm weird. I watch a lot of film. That's something I've always done throughout my career. You know, did it in high school, uh, really did it in college. That's something I actually grasped from Spikes, you know, when I was there as of, you know, watching film and, you know, how I watched film, how I broke down films. I'll tell you this. The RPO scheme that, you know, a lot of people talk about now, it's not new. It's something that's been around for a very, very, very long time. But now people can recognize it. Like people are able to watch the game and say, oh, that's what an RPO is. You know, when you had, you know, you know, think about when John Gruden was, you know, doing Monday night football and, you know, all that stuff. 
and you would hear him talk about the schemes, people started to pick up on those things. You know, when they would watch his show and you hear the, you know, the spider wide banana. Now everybody knows, you know, what that is. Uh, but it's like when you go back in history and you start like watching these games, you know, because everybody thought even when, you know, Florida started running a lot of these zone read stuff and like, oh, you know, these RPOs that they were throwing to Lewis Murphy on the backside, you know, at the X with, you know, Tebow and, you know, Demps, you know, they're hitting, you know, inside zone and, you know, you can pick which one. Understand, like, this stuff was done in the 50s. Like, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, University of Tennessee. I want to say the exact year was, like, 1957, if I know that, like, off the top of my head. I know it was around that year, but I'm almost positive. Like, that specific year, like, you've got film of teams running RPOs, like, back then, but it just, like I said, now to the naked eye, like, it's a lot easier for people to say, oh, okay, like, that's what that is. You know, because some people, you know, that know football, like when you see someone line up in a a, a wishbone offense, you're like, hey, that's the wishbone. But it's like for a lot of the younger kids, like if I showed a wishbone offense to my brother, he wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> they just got three running backs back there. If you show a Maryland eye back there, they wouldn't know what that is. You know, so um, it's something that – and that's, that's something that kind of, you know, I heard, you know, Belichick, you know, talking to us, like football evolves. It's, it's going to go through its evolutions, you know, where you're going to see teams that, you know, go out and everybody's throwing the ball now. They have the RPOs. They're trying to s- spread things. Eventually, I do think the off the game may go back into a heavy run type of lead. All it's going to take is one team, you know, to get in the playoffs and run the ball down everybody's throat, and it's like, it's a copycat lead. Everybody's copying each other. So, yes, you are seeing more athletic quarterbacks, you know, because you can do so much more. And then, two, the defensive linemen are so athletic. You know, they're, it's, it, they're getting, like, freaky athletic with what they can do at the point of attack, how they're rushing the passer, how they're stopping the run, you know, how fast, you know, when things get on the perimeter, they're, they're running receivers down now. And it's like, how, are, how do you complement you know, those things and the coverages you're getting is like, okay, when you have a mobile quarterback, you're kind of confined to only playing certain coverages versus them because you always have to be accounted for the quarterback as a runner. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Simply Safe and the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. And look, you don't get the trust of 4 million people people without doing something right which simply safe does they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back i love it you guys know the story i was on vacation in june which you all know um or if if you don't now you do i was on vacation in june um had a notification that someone was in my yard luckily just a kid getting the ball, just a neighbor's kid getting the ball. So that was underwhelming. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, thankfully there was no one in my yard. Uh, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan. Get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. And remember, there is a no safe like Simply Safe. 
It is wild. Also, I know you mentioned the Maryland Eye. I'd kill to see that in, in the NFL right now. Like, I would just love to see a team do it, but <laughs> I, I don't think teams really have the two fullbacks that they would need unless it's, you know. No, there's, there's not many fullbacks left in college there's, there's like 12 fullbacks, so, <laughs> so you can't really do it right now. But um, also, as we're just talking about scheme, one thing I would like to ask you about as well, just as a defender, in recent, yeah, and obviously this has been something that has also been around forever, but we're seeing the trend pick up heavily this year in just two high looks across the league. You're seeing more two deep safeties than we've seen in a while. So can you kind of explain how that's helped playing defense now where, I mean, obviously people like Patrick Mahomes struggles against the two high and all that stuff, yeah. um, but just more specifically kind of how that helps you adapt to this these offenses that are just also the NFL rules are just obviously heavily skewed towards the offense. So how is it kind of with two high looks and these changes helping you guys? Um, the two, when you get into a lot of two high defenses, it makes offenses thinking dunking. And it's something also I learned from, you know, Belichick as well. If you make an offense go 10 to 15 plays, somebody's going to mess up. Somebody's going to drop a ball. Somebody's going to get a holding penalty. Somebody's going to block in the back. Somebody's going to jump off sides. Somebody's going to line up wrong, illegal formation, something. If you make a team go 10 to 15 plays, somebody's going to mess up and you're going to get somebody in the second and long, in the third and long. You get somebody in the second and long, I mean, there's only so many play, plays in the playbook that you have to try and, you know, get those first downs. So teams are starting to play offenses like that. And the thing about offense is everybody wants the big play. Everybody wants to go deep. Think about it. All the young offensive coordinators on Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, they want to put up four or 500 yards because they want that head job coming up. They want that, you know, whatever you know, they're, they're looking to get, you know, bumped up into whatever role. Um, but when we make teams go the long, hard way, a lot of offenses aren't patient enough to do it. Because look, the thing about it is you go, if we make you drive 10, 12 plays and you get in the red zone, you still got to score. And it is the closer you get to the end zone, the harder it is to score. So it's like even if, if we make you go, you know, 10, 12, 15 plays for a field goal and you just ate up, you know, seven, eight minutes off the clock, going, you know, scoring three, 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 and three, it's not going to beat us. It's not going to beat us. So it's like that's where a lot of coaches are starting to look at, like, let's make these teams go the long, long hard way. Let's make these teams play left-handed. You know, everybody wants to get these speedy receivers and jump on top of people and go deep. But now it's like, no, we're just going to make you run underneath. And now it's giving a chance to – it's making teams run the ball more. It's making teams, um, like I said, just throw quick outs and <laughs> slants and drags. And and like I said, that that stuff is it's just not going to beat you. So, Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, it, it's – I mean, I, I get you can call it the, the bend don't break style where it's like it's really hard to be successful for so many plays in a row when you're playing against a high caliber NFL defense or 
even what is thought of as like a lower tier NFL defense, these are still NFL football players out there. So it's incredibly hard to beat them. But you guys this season did something that when we talk about incredibly hard to beat, you're the only team to beat them, the Philadelphia Eagles, just which thank you for that. I know we were talking beforehand where I'm a Giants fan. You obviously play for the commanders. So that helped us both. We were both happy about that. But just what was that like to kind of go into that game, bring the Eagles slow them down a little bit offensively because their offense has been insane this whole season so what was that like to kind of be able to just slow them down and be able to walk away with and not not just a win but a double digit win over a team that was at the time undefeated and has not lost since that one yeah um it definitely was a big win for us it i think it really showed guys on our team because we got a we got a fairly young team and i think it showed guys that hey we can play with the best in this league. You know, that's that's a really good football team. Um, you know, they're probably going to make a deep playoff run. And, you know, for for us to be able to to go into their house, primetime game, and, um, you know, kind of suck the air out of that stadium um, is, is big time. You know, a lot of guys stepped up, especially young guys in, in so many different phases of the game, you know, not just on offensive defense, but on special teams as well. Um, you know, you got a guy like Jeremy Reeves that's, you know, it's a household name to us, but, you know, on the outside of our building, um, it's, it's, he's not as much of as, as a household name. And, you know, right now he's playing, you know, his best ball, but the crazy thing is like, he's been playing like that, but it's just the fact of, you know, when you finally get that opportunity, like, you know, what are you going to do with it? And, you know, he's taking full advantage of that. Um, you know, he's, he's playing, you know, really realistically, he's, he's probably the best special teams player in the league right now, you know? So, uh, it, it really took every last person in this league, I mean, in, on, on our team to be able to go in and beat, you know, one of the better teams in this league. Yeah. And then I would like to ask you just, just before we go, I would like to ask you about the tie more. So just, just what is it like playing defense in an NFL overtime where after that first possession where you might give up a punt where you might give up a field goal and you get a chance yeah, there, there's no more than <laughs> like, like once once you're through that first possession, it is you stop them or you lose. So what is it like in that high pressure moment? And then also just that Grand Gano field goal, just just watching that. I need to know what's going through your mind when you're playing a division game and it's like, OK, he's got to kick a 48 yard field goal and it's time expires. So it's so it's just done at that point. Um, I mean, it's. It's just like on the offensive side, you know you got quarterbacks that always dream of like driving the ball down, feeling the, you know, game, you know, on the line situation and being able to throw that, you know, touchdown pass or, you know, just lead an offense down the field. It's the same on defense, you know, why, why not being out there with the game on the line um, and, and, you know, having our backs against the wall and trying to get the ball back to our offense. Like it, it really doesn't get any better than that, you know, especially in division game, you know, on the road, um, you know, because as much as we love playing at home, like it's always fun playing on the road too, especially, you know, division games, going to New York, going to, you know, Philly, going to Dallas. Like you've got teams that, you know, don't like each other very, very much, especially the fans don't like people very much. So um, it, it's it's definitely fun going out there and, and having those opportunities and really coming up big in those opportunities, um, you know, for our team. Uh, but obviously we would love to win. You know, especially, you know, when that field goal, you know, went short and everything, you know, so that was definitely, 
you know, big for us, but we'd have, we would have, we definitely would have loved to win more than anything. Yeah, that was, I'll tell you, I, I was like, I was upset because <laughs> obviously I'm a Giants <laughs> fan. So I was like watching, I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be a little bit shy. And uh, that was a bit heartbreaking, but thank you yeah. so much, John. This was Jonathan Vostick, Florida Gators legend, Washington Commanders linebacker. And yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome.